Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei Podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. All right, we're going to wind it up getting back to the Bible. Uh, thank you for coming to church. We, we do love to, to get into the Word. And we're, we're continuing on with a series called Living Forward. And living forward just means uh, life is like a journey that we all are, are on. And there's a, a sense in which we learn a lot from looking back over our lives and the lives of others. But then we need to take the lessons that we learn from our own past and, and from, from the stories of others' journeys and then apply them to our lives going forward. One of the, the main messages, lessons that we need to apply to our lives is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. It says, your life is a journey and you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. And so today on this Father's Day, we're going to look at God as our Father. And what does it mean to travel with a deep consciousness of God as our Father? You know, you might have had a great father. I, I was blessed to have a, a really great father. So my, as I think back, uh, my father passed away in 89 when he was still uh, quite young. He was uh, 63 at the time. Uh, but my recollections of my dad were always at, at the end of church and at parties. There's always a, a bunch of guys kind of hanging around my dad just waiting to get some words of asking questions and get words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And another memory I have of my dad is uh, learning, uh, being on the other side of, of the net, playing tennis growing up. You know, early in the morning we'd go and he taught us how to play tennis. And anybody who's ever played tennis or tried to teach someone else to play tennis, that is, that is you got to have the gift of patience, especially when it's a bunch of kids and there were five of us boys. And so my dad taught all five of us how to Play tennis, and so that was a lot of chasing after tennis balls, you know. And, and this is in Guam, where it's hot out there. And my dad just had all this patience to teach us, you know, how to play tennis. Being at my basketball games, always kind of being the loudest guy cheering uh, at, at the basketball games. In fact, the only time I ever heard my dad swear was at a basketball game when his kids were playing, and he thought that his kids were being cheated by the refs. You know, it's just uh, my dad got passionate in those moments. He just loved us, and we loved having him there at the games. Um, the last memory I have of my dad is at his funeral. And just the lines of, of men, hundreds came to his funeral. And afterwards, there were just lines of, of, of people coming to talk to us as his kids. And so many people that I'd never even met in life who came up to you and say, hey, you know, your dad did this for me. You know, your dad helped me out. You know, when I was starting, your dad did this. You know, I remember a time I messed up and your dad just came, came alongside. And, and just man after man would come up and tell, talk about how my dad gave them wisdom, gave them help. Um, and those are the, the recollections that I have of my dad. And so the really good memories, like my brothers and I, we always say, man, you know, we had such fantastic parents. My dad was such a great father. But I know that not every father is great. So God's intention for us is that we would learn about him and his nature through our natural fathers and the ways that our fathers care for us. But not everybody has a great father. Some fathers are, are absent fathers. Some are abusive. Some are neglectful. All our fathers are human. And so for sure, my dad has his flaws and yours do too. 
But that's not true of our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father is a good Father. Everything about Him is good. As we go through today's sermon, short little message, uh, for the next few minutes, we're just going to look at what does it mean that we have a good father and how do we get to know this good father and, and how does that impact? What lessons can we learn from scripture about our good father that we can take with us through this journey of life? So would you join with me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we, we come to you today and, and on this day as we honor fathers, we want to especially honor you. In our prayer in these next few minutes as we look into your word and, and Look to understand you as our Father. We pray that you would open up your word to us. That you would reveal something about yourself as a good Father to us. That in these words, that through your scripture, our lives would be transformed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, speaking of Jesus, it's interesting. The Bible is written in, in two different parts. There's the, what they call the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, the Old Promises of God. It's the story of, uh, of, of humanity before Jesus came. So it covers several thousand years of, of history are covered in the, in the scriptures. And then Jesus comes. And then after him, the, the, what's written in the scriptures, what's called the, the New Testament. And it's the story of the church after Jesus for the next few hundred years. And in all those first few thousands of years in the Old Testament, you actually find the, the, the name Father, the word Father, referring to God only 15 times. And only once, is, there's only one instance of someone actually speaking to God and calling Him Father. But after Jesus came, He referred to God as His Father over 150 times. And 30 times, He talked to us and said, God is your father. And so he, what Jesus came to do was really to, to begin to show us who our father really is. Because where does our identity come from? Our identities come from our fathers. This is the in, in, same in, 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 uh, for us as, as humans in our families. I, my, name is, my last name is Ho because my father's last name is Ho. And so we pass down that identity comes from our father. And this is what God intended in our lives, is that our identity would come from our Father. And so Jesus himself, he, he said, when he taught us to pray, everybody knows that kind of the first prayer we learn is the Our Father. And right from the start, Jesus said, here's how you pray to God. You say, Our Father. Which means that he is meant to be your Father, my Father, just as he is Jesus' Father. He didn't say, my Father. He said, our Father. And so what does that look like? Jesus also said this, Hebrews chapter um, 1, verses 1 through 3. Jesus came to earth, and, and it says this in Hebrews 1. It says, in the, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So God spoke all throughout the Old Testament. We see God speaking to his people through people we call prophets who would deliver the words that God wanted to share. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, who he, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. 
The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So the sun is the exact representation of the Father. And so what Jesus came to do, and this is what he said, I've come to show you the Father. And if you've seen me, you've actually seen the Father. Because he said, everything that I've done on earth, so all that we have written in the scriptures, all the stories of Jesus, he said, everything that I did, all the miracles, all the times when I forgave people, when I helped them to have their lives transformed, when I reached out to, to the outcasts, when it came alongside the broken, he said, I, do, I did those as a representation of what my father would do. Because I only did what he told me to do. So everything that Jesus did when he was here on earth, he only did what the Father was instructing him to do. And what he knew would be a reflection of the Father's heart. And he calls us to live the same. And so as we study the words of Jesus, and we try to emulate his life as a model for us, what we're really doing is we're emulating the Father's life, just as Jesus did. In fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the only way that you can ever know the Father is through Jesus. That's why Christianity, we're, we're called Christians, which is uh, literal Christ. We're, we're followers of Jesus. We want to be just like Jesus because Jesus is just like his Father. And every proud little kid wants to grow up to be like their dad. And that's the same for us. God calls us to grow up to be like him. So how do we get to know God, our father? In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, this is talking about Moses in the Old Testament. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the place where the people would come together to meet with God, like we're doing here today on a Sunday, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And afterward, Moses re would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. And so what that means is, jo Moses had this relationship with God, a friendship with God. And so when we talk about uh, being face-to-face -face with God, or, or talk about knowing God, there's this, this, this uh, symbol that we use, or, or this terminology that we use, Friendship with God is being face-to-face -face with God. And the goal of our lives is to walk in a relationship, this face-to-face -face relationship with God. And so we're going to look a little bit for the next few minutes at what does a face-to-face -face relationship with God look like and why is it important? What is the Bible talking about when it says a face-to-face -face relationship with God? A few years back, a couple of years ago, during, um, during COVID time, there was a, a prayer gathering going on around the world where every day people would pray from this one scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it says this, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. So, so every day at 7.14 in the morning, we would join with people around the world praying for God to, 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 to heal people of COVID and praying for God to deliver us from, from COVID. 
Because God says this. He says, if you pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. And so there's something in prayer. There's a power in prayer that God calls us to that is connected to knowing him, seeking his face. See, it's through our faces that we, 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 we know someone's identity. Some people say, like myself, I, I have a hard time sometimes remembering names, but I also have a hard time sometimes remembering faces. <laughs> but faces, I, I, I'm a lot used to people say, you know, do you know so-and-so? And I'm thinking, I'm not sure. And then I see a picture, and then I think, oh, yeah, I know them. I don't remember where I know them, but I know that person. I've met them. And, and there's something about a face that is connected to a person's identity. So the face speaks of identity. And the face also speaks of, people say the eyes are the window to the soul. As you look into someone's eyes, as you look into their face, you, you can begin to sense what's going on in their heart. And so as you look into God's face, it's not only the place where we start to understand God's identity, but it's also the place where we begin to understand His heart. And as we get to know God and we get to know His heart, then all of a sudden our prayers begin to take on a different power or a different fruitfulness. Because now we're praying in connection with God's heart and in connection with His identity. So it's kind of like if, you ever, if you're ever in business and you're going to go to try to sell something to someone, if you know that person, if you're familiar with them and, you, and if you can kind of read what's in their hearts, you know their values, their culture, when you sit down and begin to, and, and you look at them face to face and you begin to identify with them, and you begin to speak in language that they understand that connects with their heart, you're going to have a lot better chance of selling what you're trying to sell. We used to always learn like when we, in school, when you're either going like for an interview or you're going for uh, like these, you, we, we do these d debates, you know, you have a debating team. The thing you want to do is find out who the judges are going to be. And you want to find out what are the judges like? What is their background? Because if you want to debate this, the other team and you want to win in the eyes of the judges, it helps if you know the judge and you know what they like and you know what's, what interests them. And so then your answers, you start to, 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 to color them with, the, with the, what is appealing to that judge. And so it's the same in life when we go to God in prayer. When we, when we know his heart and we know his identity, it's easier for, for us to pray prayers that connect with God. And so 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14, he says, When you pray, seek God's face, seek to know him in prayer. Psalm chapter 67, verses 1 and 2 says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Silah, that word silah means think about this. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. See, the purpose of as we get to know God, God's being face to face with God in, in the Bible, that's also symbolic of having God's favor in our lives because we know him because we spent time with Him, because we're, like you said about Moses, we're friends with God. And, and as we get that favor from God because of our relationship with God, then what it says, what happens? Then God begins, His ways begin to be known on earth. In other words, people start to understand God's heart and start to spread into the community. And all of a sudden, the values that God has begin to take place in our families. As we get to know God, as we become friends with God. See, as Christians, too often we just complain about 
man, this co- the community society is just, you know, so ungodly and the things they do are so anti-God and so destructive. But God says, it's not complaining that's going to help people. It's not co- complaining that's going to change the communities around us. It's getting to be, to know God. As we become friends with God, God begins to transform our lives and then we begin to have an effect on the community and the society around us because we begin to have the heart of God, the values of God, identity like God, and then God's saving power. You, you want to see people get saved and come to know Christ? It starts with us getting to know Christ and having that face-to-face time with him. You see, the most transformative thing in our lives is not, it's not what we think about God. But it's really understanding what God thinks about us. And it's only as we spend time with God that we begin to, as we look into His face. You see, God, God has emotions. The soul is, 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 the Bible says, the soul is that part of us where emotions are and our thoughts are and our human identity rests. And the reason why we have personality and emotions and thoughts and intelligence is because God has emotions and personality in thoughts and intelligence. And as we are face to face with God, we begin to understand God's personality. And the Bible says that as we see God for the way He really is, then we're transformed to be like Him as we spend time with Him. God never meant for Christianity to be a bunch of rules that we all scold each other into keeping. What Christianity is meant to be is a relationship with a living Father, and through that relationship, as we get to know Him, then we become more and more like Him. You know, it's interesting, uh, amongst Christians, there's a famous Christian whose books I really love. His name is A.W. Tozer. And he said this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Which I thought, when I read that, I thought, that's pretty powerful. And then C.S. Lewis came along, another great author, C.S. Lewis was also friends with, he wrote the, the Chronicles of Mar- Narnia. He was great friends with J.R. Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings. And, and these guys were, were just very devout Christians. And C.S. Lewis said this, I read in a periodical the other day that the fundamental thing is how we think of God. It's probably reading something by A.W. Tozer. <laughs> and he said, but, God, but by God himself, it is not. How God thinks of us is not only more important, but infinitely more important indeed. How we think of Him is of no importance except insofar as it is related to how He thinks of us. You see, what really changes us is not our understanding of God and who we think He is, but it's really as we meet Him and and through relationship get to know Him and we begin to understand how He loves us, that's when we're transformed. Because it's not your ability to know God or, or, or believe Him. It's your ability to receive His love for you that really transforms your life. Matthew chapter 11, 
Verse 28 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And, and, and I love this verse, but have you ever wondered, what does that mean, to come to Jesus? Because how many of you have ever had been weary, heavy laden? You know, in our lives, in my life, we, it's easy to, I have many moments that are like that. I'm feeling just worn out. And I want to come to Jesus for rest. And, and what does that mean? He says this, verse 27, the, the preceding verse says, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the ch Son chooses to reveal Him. And then Jesus says, So come to me. And the rest that Jesus offers comes through Jesus revealing the Father to us. Because our real peace and rest comes from knowing that we have a Heavenly Father who cares for us. It's kind of like in the family. You know, it's one thing if mom comes and, and we love the comfort of mom when we're hurting, but it's a whole different level of security when dad comes along. And when dad puts his arm around you, and says everything's going to be okay. It has a whole different impact in our lives. And that's why so many great movies talk about that, that father-son relationship. Because every son yearns to have the approval and the, of the father. Because there's something in our identity that is incomplete without the affirmation of our fathers. And that's... Because we're created in the image of God and we're created to be affirmed by our Father. And we can't, our souls can never find true rest, true peace, without that affirmation that comes from God. We have to know how much God loves us in order to truly trust Him. You don't find that same kind of peace by trusting a stranger. It's only when you come to the Father that you know loves you and cares for you. And that's why 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God because He cares about you. And, and, and it's, it's so easy for us to think that God is just distant, that He's just some kind of supreme power. But we need to know that God personally cares for us. And we only know that we begin to understand how God thinks about us, how much He loves for us. And that picture of how much God loves us is really wrapped up in Jesus on the cross. That God would give His, His only Son, not only to show us because it's the Son who carries the identity of the Father, not only to show us what the Father looks like, but also through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, to show us how much the Father loves us. And our prayer for you today is that you would, your, your hearts would be struck, that, that a little more you come to understand how much God loves you, and that your life would be transformed by His love. Because there's so much in this world that destroys the love of God, and destroys our picture of God, and takes away our rest and causes us frustration and insecurity and irritation. And it's only when we come and, and, and begin to understand and trust how much God loves us, how much God cares for us in every moment, that He cares about your health, that He cares about your relationships, that He cares about your family, He cares about your finances, 
that God cares that it's difficult maybe to, to pay the rent at the end of the month, that, that he cares that, about these things in our lives, that God cares about you. It's only when we understand that, that the rest and peace that comes from saying, okay, God, I trust you. We can't fully trust him until we fully know him. There's a scripture I want to close with it's from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, and just a blessing. And the blessing is this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance. In other words, may you be face to face with God. And really look into his eyes and begin to understand his soul, his emotions, how much he loves you as you look into his face, because that's where you're going to find peace. And our prayer for you today is that you would come to know God the same way that Augustine, a famous Christian writer, in his book called The Confessions, and if you're a person who loves uh, to, to read and, and, and to wrestle with stuff, Confessions is a great book. But in his opening chapters, he, he says this, the thought of you, the thought of God, he's speaking to God, he says, the thought of you stirs us so deeply that we cannot be content unless we praise you. Because you made us for yourself, and our hearts find no peace until they rest in you. And so if you find your heart is easily irritated, if you find your heart always full of worry and anxiety, then really what you need is what Augustine says is, you need to, to turn towards God in worship. You need to look into the face of God and to get to know Him. Augustine writes this book and he calls it Confessions for a reason. It's because there's a power in what we say. As we confess the parts of us that are not like Christ, which the Bible calls sin, the parts of us that detract from God or that separate us from God, the parts of us that cloud our view of God or that occupy our hearts so that our hearts cannot experience the love of God, we need to, the Bible says, confess those things to Him. So you got to, I'm fed up. I'm anxious. I'm insecure. I have these fears in my life. I have these worries in my life these cares and anxieties. We confess those to God. Here's where I've messed up, God. Here's where I've separated from you. And then we confess instead, God, what I really want is to love you. What I really want is more of you. And as we confess these things to God, and sometimes those are just thoughts that we have. We don't, we've not experienced it yet. And even our hearts may not feel, we may not have, we may not sense that desire inside of us for more of God. But there's a power in our confession as we begin to speak that and say, God, I want to know you more. That our confession actually begins to transform our hearts. And so in closing, I want to just invite you to stand. And I'm going to invite us all to, to just make a confession together. And so I'm going to say a simple prayer. And I'm going to invite all of you to, to, to just join with me in that prayer. 
And so we'll just go phrase by phrase and just go ahead and, and repeat this simple prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me as an expression of your love. Today I confess that my heart often wanders from you. That I'm so full of, of sin and worry and anxiety. Full of pride and my own ambition. Desires that lead me away from you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your love. Come and be my father. Show me how much you love me. And help me to love you in return. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, if that's the first time that you've ever prayed that prayer and, and that those prayers, those words resonate with you, um, then we'd love to just, the, the Bible says that it's really a simple prayer like that. Just saying, God, I'm a sinner and I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my life. The Bible says that's really what becoming a Christian is. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to just pray with you today. And I'm going to invite some of our prayer ministers to come on up here. Um, they'll be up the front. If, and if, you, if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'd love for you to come and, and just let one of us know. Say, hey, I prayed that prayer for the first, very first time and it really meant something to me. Or if you've, your heart has been cold towards God and you, pr you prayed it today and you felt like, man, that, that's a real, re I felt a renewing, like a renewed commitment to God through that prayer. Then I want you to come and, and also just let someone know and say, hey, you know, I felt like I just renewed my commitment to God today and I want you to pray with me. And also, if you have any other things that you're struggling with or want prayer for, you can come forward and we'll be happy to pray with you. I want to close just by, by repeating that blessing over your lives for this week. Where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May this week be a week when you come to know a little more of the way that God loves you so that you can share that love with others. The Lord bless you. Thanks for joining with us today. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.